first and foremost, we have absolute freedom, alhamdulillah, as long as we're within the halal, to spend our money how we wish. So no person can reasonably say that boycotting is haram. It makes no sense whatsoever. People say, oh, the Prophet ﷺ never done it. The Prophet ﷺ never did boycott. But you have um, a, um, a very influential uh, tribal leader. His um, tribe, they supplied uh, wheat, flour, etc., these kind of uh, resources to Mecca. He became Muslim, he um, embargoed them. He said, I'm not going to sell to, to Mecca. He said, I'm not going to sell to you because they were at war with the Prophet They were opposing the, the Prophet He done that, you see. And eventually they pleaded with the Messenger of Allah um, to convince him to, to do that. So he done that. The Prophet was aware of it, didn't say this is haram. This is not part of Islam, you can't do this. Ultimately, alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us to support haq. This is something that people get wrong. I think we, we, at some point we need to do a session on bid'ah as well. When it comes to bid'ah or religious innovation, it's a concern when it's regarding beliefs and ritual matters. So if somebody's going to say, we believe this in Islam, you need proof. If somebody's going to say this is an act of worship, ritual worship, you need proof. Whereas general activities, it's the opposite. Everything is halal unless you have evidence to the contrary. There are certain brothers, I'm not going to name them, certain brothers, ever since this started, they, they seem to be, and they have large followings, that's the problem. They seem to be pushing people to, into a place of apathy. Essentially, it seems to be don't do anything. Make dua and that's it, nothing else. Why? Making dua is beautiful, it's powerful, and we should, we should all do it, inshallah. But why? When do, where do we have a situation with our beloved Prophet where people are being oppressed and the Prophet said nothing but dua? Because they give the example of Makkah, they say Makkah Sharif, the Prophet didn't fight with them. Yeah, he didn't. The command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wasn't there. There was great oppression. It wasn't there. But was the Prophet ﷺ doing nothing but dua? If people say that, I'm sorry, they're ignorant. The Prophet ﷺ sent a large batch of Sahaba to Abyssinia. Why? For their own protection. The Prophet ﷺ led by example, by established protection for himself. It wasn't a matter of just make dua and forget everything else. Dua is powerful. There's no undermining dua, inshallah. But the, the Prophet ﷺ is doing things, trying to limit that oppression, trying to assist. And uh, again, anybody who studies the seerah in detail, you'll know the Prophet ﷺ was seeking for a place for the Muslims to migrate for a long, long time and different options were considered before Medina Sharif was established. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Before we get into the conversation, I do have a message for our, our lovely viewers. Um, inshallah, in, in about a week, it will be one year of Salam Seekers. Oh, is it? Yes, inshallah. Oh, and, you know, we've wanted to hit 1,000 subscribers before that. Yeah. And we are at 753. Oh, so not too far away, but inshallah, you know, we started with the intention of helping Muslims with topics that people don't talk about. Mm. And alhamdulillah, since then, we've gotten loads of nice messages, yeah. positive comments. 
So I think the audience, how you can help us is just by subscribing. And I think that's a good way to support us. And inshallah, we've also got um, the launch good uh, link will be in the description as well. Yeah. So you can help us out with that. That would be amazing. So um, I wanted us to talk about uh, like how boycotting in general with all the situation that's happening in uh, Gaza and Palestine and um, how like how effective is boycotting because we hear two sides of the story. Um, I've... I've never really understood boycotting until recently, mm. uh, but I wanted to understand your viewpoints on like how boycotting really helps a situation like the one in Gaza. You know, when I was when I was younger, um, I did genuinely believe that boycotting was not much of a difference. Mm. And I tell you why is because I think it's maybe a bit of a selfish perspective, but I I used to think that how can the action of one like me if I just don't buy a coke. Yeah, I don't show up. How is that really going to help uh, a, a genocide somewhere else or something like that? Yeah, and it was only till I was older I realized that you know, not only does it work, but it's about principle. And as Muslims, we are people of principle. And if we know that a company like this is actively being involved, it doesn't matter if you're the only one that's boycotted that company. As principle, as your own uh, Islamic values, you should have nothing to do with that company anyway. Yeah, and talking about how effective it is. You know, uh, uh, McDonald's and Starbucks in the UAE have had to reduce their prices because people are refusing to buy. Oh, seriously? Uh, yeah, they had they reduced price by eighty percent because people are refusing Whoa. to buy. I, I believe it was Starbucks or one of those or McDonald's. Um, so it does help. It really does help. Um, and yeah, I think that was my, my perspective changed over time. Yeah, no, the same with me. Initially, I didn't understand. Like the same thing, I thought how could one person's uh, actions make a difference? But then that's I thought every person who thinks like that, that one person becomes two and so forth. And yeah, then it's just exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. It does obviously impact. Like for example, like if if people go on a strike, you see it in the trade union and things like that. They actually uh, sometimes it works, but most of the time it makes an impact. It's like a throwing a like a pebble in the water and the yeah, ripple effect. Exactly. And then it makes a difference. So you have to understand, even if there's one person that goes out and says, look, I'm not going to do this, that will have an impact somewhere along the line. So now I'm thinking, yeah, it makes a difference. You're right, it's about principle. Mm. Um, that's what I thought. But another thing is as well, um, we have so much alternatives. Right. So like, it just doesn't really make sense. Like if, even if something is unclear, like say if they say, all right, Coke, and you're like, oh, but you know what? Coke might not be contributing to uh, Gaza or whatever, yeah, you know, yeah, whatever's yeah. happening. But if there's unclarity there, and you should just like seek an alternative because if something's super like, you know, unclear and then you've got another option, yeah. it's out of thirst or whatever. I know some people are really addicted to Coke or whatever. That Coke is an example. You can You can go... And find an alternative, it's and I a think chance to help themselves if they're addicted. Yeah, 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 it is. yeah, yeah. but it's not like we're we're in a position where we're generally starving. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, or we we've got no other option. We've got so many options. Yeah, I do believe with um, uh, with uh, boycotts and such things, you should try to organise and centralise. That's why personally, uh, I've been promoting the BDS. Uh, poster somebody sent it to me I've been promoting that because the more organized you are and the more strategic you are 
the more effective it effective, is. Yeah. yeah. Because my hope is, I don't know too much about BDS, but my hope is that they're being strategic because I'm sure there are lots and lots of companies that yeah. have some kind of um, involvement, some well, kind of connection. The big hitters, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You, 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 these kind of things it needs to there has to be a strategy to it, and this is why I do believe. I don't know. I'm sure there are plenty of other organisations, but I believe we should try to, uh, you know, get, bring these organisations together, centralise it, have a clear strategy. Because at the same time, if you if you have such a long list. It's true. It's true. It's that exhausting. It's exhausting. Yeah. Confusing. Yeah. Like people think that we can't do anything. That's exactly. Because they're yeah. like, oh, the whole world is now. Yeah. yeah, and you have to be careful because you know business owners and business people can be very ruthless as well. They might just spread a rumor. You might have a company that's, that's true. perfectly. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> the lemonade stool in the. <laughs> <laughs> It's, yeah, it could yeah, be the case. You yeah. could have a company that's actually pro-Palestine and they spread the rumour that they're pro-Israel and we, we will end up boycotting them. Yeah. You see what I mean? Mm. So this is why these kind of things, anything in Islam, we have to be careful and uh, analyse carefully and make sure. Uh, and that's why Allah Most High bless the people who have done this and others who are doing similar work. You know, we should centralise this kind of thing and not just go, somebody said this, let's boycott, let's spread the message. Centralise it and have a strategy. Strategy is incredibly important. You know, let's say, because my understanding is with BDS, they seem to be focusing on a fairly small number, and, but the big which hit, is manageable. Yeah, 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 you true. see, and exactly how you said, Siddi, they do focus on centralising. So they'll be huh. like, if there's this many of us boycotting huh. that specific, one, then huh. we can move on to another. Yeah, exactly. Level. Strategy. Yeah. Is it, yeah. You yeah. see. Uh, and again, they can monitor it. Not every every individual can monitor it. They can monitor it. Okay. Oh, oh, they've released a statement saying this now. Is that enough? Is it not enough? Do we need to, them to do more? You see. Yeah, it's true. Um, uh, okay, they've done this much. Okay, fine. Let's give them some respite. See how they go. Let's focus on a different one. That's what I mean by strategy. These things need to be done right. And th there is no doubt that it's having an impact. You can tell the very fact, I've been hearing for over a year now that they're trying to outlaw these kind of boycotts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're trying to stop businesses from able to... Who was, was it, Suella? Yeah. It's almost always her. Yeah. 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 But it shows you, if it was ineffective, yeah. they wouldn't care. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just going to say, I don't know if you guys heard about Ben and Jerry. So they actually used to have yeah. like factories and stuff. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not sure their success story. Now things have reversed so much because they understood. Yeah. Now they're actually doing stuff to support Palestine. This and is, why why go, this is what I mean. This is why it's so yeah. important to centralize now this. Like, I don't know that. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. You see, and I, I might, in my mind, it might be that no, we're still boycotting that. Mm -hmm. So this is why it's so important to centralize this and organize it. And then whenever there's a new message to go out, it needs to, we need to all work our our best and our hardest to get that message out. Like this particular message, we as Salaam seekers, as Islam answers and as individuals, we should really get this message out because if they've taken the right step, we want them to see a positive impact on that. Mm -hmm. And now they've taken it to a point, mashallah, they're supporting Palestinians. Now you have Israelis that are like, <laughs> you can, we're going to have to boycott them. Yeah. So it's so interesting, subhanAllah. Yeah, yeah uh, I was going to say, um, I've seen a lot of like TikToks and everything on um, the matter of boycotting. Because 
a lot of people are using the justification of oh the Prophet ﷺ used to do trades with the uh, Crusaders um, so why do we have to boycott the pagans with the pagans yeah and um, they're like why do we have to boycott because if the Prophet ﷺ is doing it against his enemies why can't we do it against like still purchase stuff from my enemies and try and use that as a form of justification for yeah, there's a few things. First and foremost, let's deal with the most extreme end of this, where uh, I've come across one person, but I've heard there are a bunch of people saying it's haram to boycott. Yes. Okay, let's deal with that. Sidi, <laughs> <laughs> can I um, madness first. Can I read out the tweet? Yeah. Um, well, it's for memory, so I'm paraphrasing, but hmm. the gist of can I name? Actually, it's up to you. Yeah, Sheikh. I don't know how to pronounce Faris Hamadi, uh, something like that. The um, yeah. That guy, whatever. Um, he um, he was basically saying in a video. He said it's not up to us to decide what to boycott because that company could be in a deal with the leader of their country, and who are we? He says, what authority do we have? And I found that extremely, extremely yeah. absurd. Uh, let's answer it. We have the authority that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has given us. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has blessed us with money has blessed us with the ability to make our own financial decisions. There's nothing in Islam that says you must purchase this, you must purchase this. We don't have that. We have that freedom, alhamdulillah. Who are we? We are ibadullah. We are the slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who's given us this freedom. So that's who we are. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hasn't restricted us and hasn't said you have to buy from this company, so why is this brother trying to restrict us? It's we first and foremost we have absolute freedom, alhamdulillah, as long as we're within the halal, to spend our money how we wish. So no person can reasonably say that boycotting is haram. It makes no sense whatsoever. As for first and foremost, people say, Oh, the Prophet never done it. The Prophet never uh, did boycott. But you have um, a, um, a very influential uh, tribal leader. I apologize. I've, his name is out of my mind at the moment. He became Muslim. And um, they, uh, his um, tribe, they supplied uh, wheat, flour, etc., these kind of uh, resources to Mecca. He became Muslim. And he essentially he um, embargoed them. He said, "I'm not going to sell to to Makkah." He said, "I'm not going to sell to you because they were at war with the Prophet They were opposing the the Prophet He done that, you see. And eventually, they pleaded with the Messenger of Allah um, to convince him to to do that. So he done that. The Prophet was aware of it. Didn't say this is haram. This is not part of Islam, you can't do this. Ultimately, alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us to support haq. And when we're not speaking, this is something that people get wrong. I think we, we, at some point we need to do a session on bid'ah as well. When it comes to bid'ah or religious innovation, it's a concern when it's regarding beliefs and ritual matters. So if somebody's going to say, we believe this in Islam, you need proof. If somebody is going to say this is an act of worship, ritual worship, you need proof. Whereas general activities, it's the opposite. Everything is halal unless you have evidence to the contrary. Like if, if I were to say to you now, what is the evidence that you can have this plant in this part of your house 
with this many leaves, show me a hadith, doesn't make sense. The burden of proof is on the, the one who says The burden of proof is on one or who's, uh, who's uh, trying to establish prohibition. They need to prove that this is prohibited. Where in the Quran and hadith does it tell us it's prohibited? This is, sometimes people go wrong in the fundamentals. Okay. When something is fundamentally permitted, then the burden of proof is the opposite. And if something is fun fundamentally prohibited, and you're saying it's permitted, then the burden of proof is upon you. And as I said, with beliefs and with ritual practices, the person introducing something has the burden of proof. With other everyday things, if you like, no. I, you don't need a proof that there's a hadith that tells you a computer is halal or a car is halal. You don't, because these are everyday issues. See, so and this is a manifestation. As I said, we have hadith for it anyway, um, but this is a manifestation of supporting haq and opposing evil. Any person who knows anything about, not even geopolitics, anything about how the world works, knows that um, attacking people uh, economically has a very significant effect, and sometimes it has more of an impact than even militarily. Yeah. Once you start attacking the pockets, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, there's one understanding of the First World War. The main reason the First World War ended is because Germany was starved economically. They were blockaded. Now, they didn't the really South have. Well. South Africa, yeah. huge yeah. example. Yeah. 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 So I, I had a question to the, in relation to this. So, what is the ruling in terms of? buying stolen things so what i mean mm. by that obviously like for example if we are speaking about coca-cola the reason mm. why you know there is the call to boycott is because they have one of the reasons there's plenty more but one of them is because um the factory is in west bank which is mm. a literally stolen land yeah. um as muslims do we have anything that we can go back to prophet Salaam's time that speaks about any buying it something that's stolen or from a stolen place or do you understand like you already know it doesn't belong to that person but they're yeah. selling it yeah no this is vulm, <coughs> uh, oppression and purchasing from uh, such people will be supporting oppression so no again of course uh, all i will say to people just be sure and this is why, uh, as I, uh, I said, centralize this. So we know this regarding Coca-Cola, their factory there in the West Bank. Um, so until they change their stance, we should refrain. And alhamdulillah, we have plenty of alternatives. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's one thing that helped me when I was younger was realizing that am I really that weak that I can't go <laughs> without this product from this company? And you know, you just, it's just about being a bit steadfast. You know, it doesn't take that much effort if you really think about it. Yeah, it's true. And Cindy, do you feel it also strengthens our iman as people? Because yeah. as you, uh, five, you spoke about earlier about being principled, and it's like you know, like I know that two pound I was spent. Like, yeah. Alhamdulillah, at least I Allah has given me yeah. that. You know, like where I can decide for myself where yeah. that money goes, yeah. and I feel like that is so much freedom knowing yeah. where. I can put that on each other. Alhamdulillah, it's an act of Iman, it is a, it's an act of solidarity, it's an act of supporting your brother, uh, or supporting the oppressed. Now, Alhamdulillah, uh, you know, it's important for us as Muslims to understand, we must stand against oppression wherever it is. As we spoke about in the previous podcast, we feel it more when it's Muslims, of course we do, it's natural, it's Iman, you know, there are brothers and sisters in faith, but we should stand against oppression wherever it is. It's important for us to know. It's not a matter of if they're Muslims, we care. If they're non-Muslims, we don't care. We care about oppression wherever it is. But the sad reality is in recent times, the dehumanization of Muslims is 
socially acceptable. Mm. So they do tend to be oppressed far, far more. Yeah, I've got a question. Um, you know, say someone that works in a company that supports Israel, and that's their sort of financial income, and they have no alternative because it's something that basically they're doing to help them have an improvement in their career. Mm. Would you say, oh, what what would they do in that scenario, and what would you? Normally, you, when you when you're in employment with a particular company, and there's some problem, haram, or some kind of issue there, uh, we tend to say if your job is a necessity for you you continue in it and you try to find uh, replacement employment as soon as possible inshallah mm. this is again a matter of being balanced and this is why once again I will go back to BDS and, and these kind of organizations because we don't know because I suppose in one way any large company is going to have some kind of link with Israel mm. if nothing else they sell in that country you see what I mean so this is where we need to prioritize understand things correctly thoroughly before we make significant because that's a life-changing decision whether you work for this particular company or you don't work for this particular company one should be sure but if one is completely sure that they're incredibly supportive regarding the oppression that state is involved in then um, yes one should try to look for another job as soon as possible mm. I'd, I'd like to say that before accepting a job offer you should look into the company I think that's really important mm. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> so pretty much anyone that works in investment banking or <laughs> banking is that to... You have issues there with the rebuy anyway. Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah, yeah. 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 And it's, it's, it's the same with Islamic funds. <laughs> so, um, I want to take the conversation in a bit broader context, because as um, Sheikh Faris said, and a lot of people on Twitter are now calling him Rabbi Faris. Is that... Is that... No, okay. this, this is things. that's not allowed. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying I, I agree. I don't agree with your good names, but <laughs> it's funny. It, it can be very frustrating, and I, I'll be very frank and honest myself. I do get very frustrated because there are certain brothers. I'm not going to name them. Certain brothers, ever since this started, they they seem to be, and they have large followings. That's the problem. They seem to be pushing people to into a place of apathy. Essentially, it seems to be don't do anything. Make dua and that's it. Nothing else. Why? Making dua is beautiful. It's powerful. And we should. We should all do it, inshallah. But why? When do, where do we have a situation with our beloved Prophet where people are being oppressed and the Prophet said nothing but dua? Because they give the example of Makkah. They say Makkah Sharif, the Prophet didn't fight with them. Yeah, he didn't. The command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wasn't there. There was great oppression. It wasn't there. But was the Prophet doing nothing but dua? If people say that, I'm sorry, they're ignorant. The Prophet sent a large batch of Sahaba to Abyssinia. Why? For their own protection. The Prophet led by example by established protection for himself. There was political protection. First it was... Uh, his uncle Abu Talib and when Abu Talib passed away the Prophet sought political protection and gained it led by example it wasn't a matter of just make dua and forget everything else dua is powerful there's no undermining dua inshallah but the, the Prophet is doing things trying to limit that oppression trying to assist and uh, again anybody who studies the seerah in detail you'll know the Prophet was seeking for a place for the Muslims to migrate for a long, long time and different options were considered before Medina Sharif was established. So um, it, it is frustrating, it is problematic because it seems, you know, it's always, you had ridiculous statements, there was one, one brother, he said, there's shirk everywhere in Palestine. 
what kind of thing yeah. is that to say? It's, it's crazy. just a gene. Yeah. Yes. As if we're trying to turn people against them. Yeah. What's the point of saying that? They think so people deserve to die. Is that why? If there is shape, like. Yeah. As you said, Sydney, even if people commit shape, we're not actively wishing for people to die. Those are Muslims. And these countries like UK and stuff, there's yeah. so much. So, so for people to say that, it absolutely it it's just made no to sense whatsoever. It just made, Kenny, what are you trying to do? I'm not going to try to guess what's in his heart, but it seems to me as if you're trying to turn people against them. Oh, don't worry about them. They're mushrikeen anyway. Astaghfirullah. Our brothers and sisters, just very strange things have been said by one particular group of individuals. So having said that, no, you know, we're not going to call them names. We're not going to be petulant and childish with them. Um, and we're going to try to help them come back to uh, the haq and such things, we'll try to speak to them, they're unlikely to listen to us, but inshallah we'll try our best, but the point is we will observe the akhlaq of the Prophet Now if somebody becomes, you know, just a, a real problem, then yeah, we might need to focus on that individual and highlight, look, this person is d really doing the bidding of the enemy, but uh, as long as they seem like blunders and errors, we'll correct them inshallah and hope for guidance for us all inshallah. Siddhi, with boycotting, can you apply the hadith about um, when you see a wrong, you change it with your hand? Yeah, and if, if you're not able to, then with your tongue, and if you're not able to, then hate it in your heart. The point is, in that hadith, the Prophet what's the idea of the hadith? The idea is do what you can, whatever you can. That's the idea of the hadith, isn't it? That whatever you can do, you do it. And here we, can, we have no ability to intervene militarily, so what can we do? We can make dua, we can raise awareness, we can speak, we can boycott political activism, etc. Um, mashallah, huge uh, protests that we've been seeing. Alhamdulillah, Allah Most High bless all those involved in the protests and especially those involved in organizing them. Um, again, there can be some negativity from different angles. Yeah. And as I've said before, I, I really don't like people who are against something without providing an alternative. Mm -hmm.